You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today, free agency trudges on. Pacers still kind of waiting for that market to finally divulge, waiting to make their decision on Keelan Martin. So haven't really done anything, but we still have topics to talk about. They made some official signings. They can make the rest of their official signings today because it's Friday. Summer League starts in two days. We got a report from Jay Michael about what the Pacers might do on the trade market. There's never a dull moment in free agency topics. So joining me under the line to break all this down, to talk about Lloyd Pierce a little bit, my lovely co-host, Mr. Adam Friedman, who used to cover the Pacers for Andy Cornrows. Adam, are you excited that you can sleep a little this week and not be all about free agency all the time? Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> We've reached the end. We've reached the point where like Lowry Markinen and Kelly Oubre are dominating the headlines. Yeah, I mean, we've reached where we... The Spencer Dinwiddie was probably the last major signing that will happen. I, that yes, would assume, I right? I mean, I mean, I think Schroeder will get some money. We should see how little he takes, but like in terms of just like big numbers, big signings, Dinwiddie's probably the last one. Yes, I agree. So, from a Pacers perspective, we talked about the end of kind of their free agency line yesterday. What they'll be looking for to make their final decisions to distance themselves from the tax. You can hear all about why they need to do that on Tuesday's show. Um, but today, we're going to start by talking about J. Michael, the Indianapolis star, uh, more specifically his most recent article uh, talking about the Pacers. And the headline is, Pacers aren't necessarily done, but it'll take a lot to part with Miles Turner or Malcolm Brogdon. And it's free agency sort of related. He talked about McConnell resigning and McDermott relocating. But the big thing is, he says, the Pacers aren't in any rush to unload Miles Turner or Malcolm Brogdon, the two most discussed possibilities league-wide. Teams have been interested in Miles Turner for a trillion years. Malcolm Brogdon, it seems like a new development, although we got a Vincent Goodwill's report back at the trade deadline. I'd be very shocked if Malcolm Brogdon is trade. But we've talked about Turner for forever. Are you surprised that the Pacers are not in a rush to make a trade for either of those guys? I think we talked about it a lot. It just, there weren't the options available, right? I, we don't know if the, like, those that a Brogdon first for Simmons rumor was real. Um, right. not, that, not that Philly would ever take that trade. It seemed like they wanted like, I don't know, 30 first round picks and uh, your firstborn right right arm to get Ben Simmons <laughs> to another team um, from, the, from the draft day rumors. But yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, I'm not necessarily surprised. I mean, we didn't, we, there wasn't any logical move uh, for Turner. There just wasn't anyone that made a ton of sense. Like the, I think last season, the Hayward one made a decent amount of sense just when you, when you looked, at, looked at it. So I'm not surprised there. Brogdon, I think they love to upgrade. Somebody. They love to upgrade the point guard spot to like a top tier point guard. But uh, I mean, I, besides Kyle Lowry, were any of the Frazier point guards better than Malcolm Brogdon? No, I don't think so. Right. And, and but nobody was traded either. That was better than Brogdon. Right? Nobody had switched teams, you mean. But yes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Right. Who? Well, what point guard? Was there a point guard that signed an extension? Uh, maybe not actually. Now that I say that, I'm but, trying to think, right? I mean, like we were talking <laughs> about yesterday, Devonte Graham, definitely not better, and like Schroeder, Conley, 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 yes. Well, Conley at this stage is Conley's probably better. No, 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 no. Even no. at this stage, you think what Conley thirty four? Yes. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, but like, what I'm saying is that it really was not that. Many, it really wasn't an option. Anybody that's better out there, um, so it's not surprising. Though. Yeah. So to me, like 
like the the Brogdon thought is that he's not really a one. So yeah, I get that. Oh, Chris Paul too, but another. another oh, but Chris Paul didn't change teams, right? Like Same he was really afraid. He was afraid, but not really. He just. I knew I was forgetting somebody big. Yeah. So we we Brogdon, I'd be pretty surprised if he was dealt in general. Just I mean, I've talked on the show before about how I thought he was for much of the season last year when healthy, the best player on the team. He was Turner, so good last year, huh? He was so good last year. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, at the beginning part. of the season, he was unbelievable. Like the first month was the best he, his whole career has been. Turner, on the other hand, right, my offseason, my right after the season ended piece was it's time for it's time for a change. Right. And Bjorkren to Carlisle is a big change. And that's not maybe that's not quite enough to satisfy the the scratch to scratch my itch of the of the big change. It's close, though. But I mean, it, the Turner's got two years left I and mean, the, the two big thing is what it is. So, of course, he's going to be discussed in trades. It makes sense to me. The trouble I have with trade discussions in a way that I can't like with free agency. Uh, I mean, I. I like te- players don't have the same level of interest in every team, but like I can see who's available and I can see what they signed for. So it's, it's easy for me to piece together options a little more as with trades. I have no idea what's being offered. Maybe the offers for Turner are just complete garbage. Um, but I, you know, this would have been the summer to do it to me, but I get why they wouldn't do it. We just saw a picture of from Miles Turner's Facebook today that Rick Carlisle was with him in Dallas or wherever that was in Texas. Uh, apparently I think is where it was, but it doesn't matter where it was. Um, but they they met or met up yesterday and we're talking. And I think that Carlisle's vision for Turner is very good. So I get why they would try to run them back again. I mean, I wouldn't do it myself. I get why Carlisle as a coach might want to. I get why the Pacers, who are trying to get their defensive identity back, might not want to move him. So I get why they would keep both those guys. I think their logic makes sense. Uh, it might not be what I would personally do, but but I, you know, not to, not to be the brown nose ass kisser here, but like I get it, and and understanding your logic is part of it to me. Yeah, I think the Turner thing too is that it always encouraged about him. So is that he seems like he is always like improving in some ways and trying to get better. Now, if he could just get a three point percentage back to where it was three seasons ago, then he'd probably actually fit really well with the team in a way that like gives you some hope, and you just hope that like you necessarily fit well with with uh, McMillan. Dork where nobody fit well, and maybe Carl can get the most out of him. And so, like, I get convincing yourself that that could happen. I, I don't know if it will, just because I do think there's just like when him and Spouse play together, it just kind of like depresses both their values in a way that's sort of right. frustrating. But I mean, I you're not going to give away Turner for nothing because that wouldn't do anything for the team. And honestly, they probably value him a little more than the open market does. A lot of the rest of the article was about locker room issues from last year and Bjorkren kind of derailing like the structures uh, of the locker room. We kind of already knew a lot of that, not the detail that Jay reported, obviously, but you know, the, what was going on there. But the other line of this article that I wanted to bring up was uh, quote from Jay. It says it's possible another league source told Indy star that Carlisle will split the bags and have Turner come off the bench. If that's the plan, trade mouse Turner, just trade. Yeah. Turner. Like that is, that is so, and not, not to get like basketball political, but like, that's stupid. That's a t- like, it's la- like we talked about with lamb, like, Beyond that, he is was worse last year. Like paying ten point five million for a guy barely in the rotation is just a bad use of resources, right? Pay, paying eighteen million for a now backup center is a bad use of resources anyway. And I get the value of, of staggering, but like he's too good and too highly paid to not start. You can still take him out early, but if that's the plan, then I go back to then I think you consider lower offers at that point. So uh, I doubt, I, I extremely doubt Turner will come off the bench. Yeah, I mean the the way I view it too is so you you know you have Carl for four years, so you're making kind of a four year commit. So if you really have this kind of terrible year, 
I'm assuming there'll still be two players that are salvageable. Let's call it Warren and, and Sabonis. And maybe you just completely blow it up the next offseason when maybe Brogdon and, and Turner have more value as expiring deals too, on top of the fact that whatever they already have, maybe they get a little bit bumped because teams are willing to take the one-year risk on them uh, and stuff like that. And then you have a bad year and then you retool by year three. Um, so like I, I, and you know, and I think it's worth the, the dice roll this year, right? I mean, I just maybe look at like, like maybe. I, and even if you, you're going to stagger them a lot, like the hope is like, that you place a bonus 34 minutes and then Turner plays the 14 minutes bonus not on the court. And then hopefully they overlap for another 10 to 12, but I could see them not playing turn in the fourth quarters of games where he's, you know, in the last 10 minutes, let's say because of whatever reason it, it is are better with the bonus. So, I mean, at that point he does become a little useless as well, but um, I don't know. I mean, to me, like, can you find a bench center as good as him? And like, you're in like with the money, no. I know you're over, you're overpaying, but you, but like, Maybe that's worth it in some ways because like you have to like then you're then you're going bargain hunting, which is like maybe worse. Like maybe the the overpay is worth it because the other side is really bad. You can find a mil- I, I mean, I would never personally, outside of rookie scale dudes, spend more than like five million on a backup center. So no, I would say no. Yeah, but then the question is like, is he then like is he like so good at a backup center spot that it like actually helps your team in some ways? Okay, right? then and start he- him and pull him in three minutes and then just put him in with the second unit anyway. You know what well, I mean? I, but I mean, that's what probably will happen. I mean, I don't mean he's going to play on the. I mean, I, right, that's different. But that's different from not starting him. That matters. Well, okay. So I guess the thing, as, and I view this differently a little bit, is that like to me, starting versus bench is about more to me is about minutes and who closes, right? Sure. Like that. That's starter, how, quote unquote doesn't. I mean, like you can start anybody for for a minute and then you can put them off the bench completely, right? It doesn't. To me, like I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. As I much. understand that like the best five players play the most minutes the best five fitting players or the best five players close to the game. Like I get that, but like there is a, a, an element of pride in politics to starting, right? There yeah. But is. it's kind of like the triple double thing, right? Like what, what makes 10 assists more valuable than nine assists? Nothing, like, nothing, but, yeah, it's it's just, of, but it, it matters. It matters to players. It matters to players, but it doesn't, it shouldn't really, what I'm thinking is it like in the scheme, I think it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, I agree that it shouldn't, but it does. <laughs> you no, know, no, no, I, it's, it's I, the reality of the situation. So I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I'm just, I'm get just back. I, to free agency, yeah. although there are some interesting side trees, the branches of the tree here to talk about. The fact that they are not really interested or maybe not actively seeking out trading those two guys who are potentially the two most tradable starters means that to me, if they're going to make a trade to clear the money, it will be Lamb. Like there are no other options if they're not dealing Turner or Brogdon, right? It's basically yeah, also, wouldn't Sabonis and Warren be the most tradable players in the team, probably actually the other way. Why? Well, Sabonis probably. But they're willing to trade, I mean, not most. Yeah, tradable. yeah, yeah. I just mean most tradable Sabonis by far. Right, yeah. I, I said that incorrectly. You're right. Okay. I meant that they, if they're not willing to or they're not interested in yes. trading Turner or Brogdon, then it's it's just slam or like whatever, a minor, very minor salary dump guy. That Like, that's it. So as we look ahead to, or as we, I guess, look back at what we've talked about where they could dump something to clear the money goga could be i wouldn't i would say goga is probably inching up there again with the personal issue i would never salary dump goga i'd rather just wave and stretch lamb i know but we're just talking about playing how they're going to play turner sabonis any minute like or staggering exactly like then where's goga fit in that picture at all they gotta figure that out and i'm i'm concerned (laughs) from a development standpoint how that same same. but anyway the to, to tie it to free agency i think that again the only trade you will see that substantially cuts money would be a Jeremy Lamb trade. If it's not those two guys, go read Jay's piece in Indy Star titles. Insider Pacers aren't necessarily done, but it'll take a lot to part with Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon. We've been hearing that for forever. Maybe eventually that tune will change, especially as Turner's deal gets shorter and shorter. We'll see. 
But let's pivot to Pacers news. And the big thing, Pacers play a basketball game in two days. And I know that sounds silly, but look, Mike Weinar is coaching the Summer League squad. And he was he came with Rick Carlisle from Dallas. So I'm imagining that they're going to do similar stuff because he brought a lot of the same coaching staff from down there. So I think we'll get a decent feel for how much of his system we'll see in Indiana. We'll get a kind of feel for how they want to run this team. Um, but let's do some newsy stuff first and, and, and look at free agency and what from the Pacers, I guess, a little bit of what they did on Thursday and what they can do Friday. But first, let's take one short break before we do that. So, yeah, we'll be right back. So it's officially Friday the 6th. And Friday the 6th means the NBA moratorium is over, which means pl- any player who's a free agent can be signed to their deal, right? The rookie scale guys, the minimum guys, the two-way guys could already be signed. and. The Pacers did add three of those today. We'll get to that in a second. But it's the sixth, which means dudes can officially be signed. We'll get official contract details. We'll see how far the Pacers actually are from the cap. And all these sign and trades can happen and all that jazzy jazz. So maybe Isaiah Jackson will finally be on the Pacers. So stuff can finally happen, which means very little. But it's still fun and newsworthy. And maybe we'll finally get contract details for McConnell and Tory Craig. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pretty boring. But it, it's here. It's Friday. Finally. Yeah, I feel like you didn't really like get, get to a point where we could like respond to that. But yeah, <laughs> everything you said is true. And uh, yeah, we'll learn I if think, they can squeeze McDermott into a sign and trade. Yeah, I mean, it should, I mean, I think we finally know that five teamer trade that gets the Pacers. Um, correct. Or, what? I said correct. We do. Yeah, yeah. We'll finally see how that comes together. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the numbers on Craig and McConnell will be interesting, especially too. I wonder how much it guaranteed in. For each other, like second or fourth year, I, I assume Greg is fully guaranteed. Yeah, I assume you're I'm almost certain. But what you see with Connell is this is it like because if it's partially guaranteed, like does it actually want to start at the bottom or is it flat because he wants more money? And or is it enough guaranteed that's that like it kind of makes up the difference? Um, we assume it's scaling because it's the only way it works salary cap wise. Frankly, oh, it, it has to be raising up, yeah. So they can be under the tax this year, correct? Yeah, yeah. I just I want you to see how much is guaranteed in the final year if it's like half, but I, I will say this. If they don't get moved, so here's the thing. Like sometimes how this works is the Pacers and player or agent, whoever, will agree to the money and the terms, but the specifics don't necessarily matter a ton. Uh, so what they can do is they can say, hey, just give us two days to try to sniff this trade market and if we can cut some money, then you can get more money on the front end, right? And sometimes that's good for players. So if they if they don't get signed right away, my tinfoil hat of maybe they're making a salary cutting trade will will start to perk up as the days go on. But if they sign right away, that's totally fine as well. Like it, it really doesn't matter that much when it's only two players fitting in a $13 million hole. But I think that that is worth noting as this weekend goes is if the McConnell and Tory Craig stuff don't fire off right away, that could mean the Pacers are not uh, like up to something sounds more devious or, or dramatic than it is, but they could be thinking about doing something to change their money structure around. Yeah. I think that would, yeah, I mean, I guess the the one thing is once the more this more temperate ends, everything will start falling in, in in line, right? And we'll start like actually knowing who has space left, what player, like what minor player sitting still out there, and then like you said yesterday, might be the time for Lamb to get moved eventually. Yep. So actual signings, the Pacers uh, signed Kiefer Sykes officially, as we talked about yesterday. Uh, Terry Taylor, both of those guys will be on their training camp team, and they also signed Dwayne Washington Jr. To a two-way contract, which means that something is very confusing is going on with Amita Brima, but I think that it means that he got waived at some point and it just somehow has slipped through the news or his original two-way 
contract is only one year, despite it being in the NBA longest two years, whatever. Dwayne Washington's on the team on his two way. That dude can shoot the ball. I mean, every video the Pacers have put up on him on their like little media profile for summer league practices, he makes like every three he takes. So, uh, yeah, he played a little bit of high school with Cassius, I believe, um, but he can really shoot it. I'm excited to see what he can do. And, you know, Sykes and Taylor are probably just do bodies in camp, but uh, they officially signed because they legally can. So they're on the team for sure. Nothing yeah. for you to comment there. Just adding that in. Yeah, again, more news. <laughs> I appreciate you letting me know. <laughs> and the final thing here for free agency news is this weekend is the Keelan date. Tomorrow's the Keelan date. And that might be the the driver for like literally everything else that happens this offseason. Again, the closer we get, the more I think about it, the more I think that he will ultimately get waived and will not be back with the Pacers, uh, especially if they can't deal lamb. It'll give them the tax space for, let's say, 75, 80 percent of the season. He was not even in the rotation or even a guy they thought about playing. Uh, he mostly was out of necessity. He did. Again, he was very good at the end of the season. So I get why they would keep him. He showed the talent. He showed why he can be in the NBA. But I think from a money perspective uh, and because the Pacers, you know, Chad Buchanan said to me that he would like to, you know, have some flexibility at the back of the roster. It's possible or more likely, I would say, that Keelan is waived by Saturday at 5 p.m., but we won't find out till then. But that is another thing to keep out an eye out for this weekend is uh, Keelan Martin's status will officially be determined whether that's pushing his guaranteed date back, cutting him or keeping him. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens if it, like what he can get elsewhere, like what he's right now, what he's thinking about. Because I imagine it's it's discussion about pushing it back, or does he have an offer from somebody else already? So he would probably like to play summer league uh, if he is cut by the Pacers, right? So can the fact that it's it, this delay has happened is is probably not his or his agency's favorite. My but. my my guess is his agent already has an idea of what's going to happen. Oh, sure. They always and, do. <laughs> well, and basically might have another deal already lined up for him if he gets caught. Yeah, that's fair. The other Pacers thing-ish, this is a little bit of a stretch uh, to watch this weekend. Not really Pacers related or free agency related, but assistant coach Lloyd Pierce is an assistant coach for Team USA. Team USA in the gold medal game, Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Do your time zone adjustment for you there. Uh, I don't know what his exact role on the team is. I'm guessing like his assistant roles with his NBA teams. It's he's a defensive guy, but yeah, Team USA can win the gold despite their many pimples they've had along the way on this journey. So it'd be cool for Lloyd Pierce to win a gold. That that's all. The, that's you, the last like newsish thing I've got. Do you think they the, the win the gold? I'm, I'm I'm France looks good, man. I don't know. I did don't France know. win the uh, FIBA tournament? Was they did? That? They did. Right? Yeah. They they beat the U.S. Right? Or, or the, uh, or they, a lot of people beat the U.S. in 2019. <laughs> Maybe Argentina beat the U.S. Did you get like fifth that year? It was really bad. They had seventh. Seventh, even worse. Yeah, I knew they lost in the quarterfinals that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Kevin Durant seems they to be lost. The, well, they but. lost the semis and they lost the seventh, eighth place game or whatever it was called. Or the the whatever the, they had to win to get seventh, and they actually had to, like win that game to make the Olympics. It was really bad. I will say I am just surprised center-wise that Turner isn't on this team. I mean, it, it seems like they didn't really take even any centers. But, like, he, Turner's probably like the Kevin Love got guy. called into the team so he and, could try to rehab his value. He showed up out of shape and was terrible, and then they had to let him go right away and then bring in well, JaVale McGee. I think if they had – I think Turner, the reason he's not on the team is because he was rehabbing from his injury. Yeah, I say we. I did see that Instagram post where he looked like he was, like, out of shape two months ago and has been working on effort. Oh, did you see his Instagram stories today where he talked about – yeah, how he how he got out of shape because his foot injury and probably didn't able to work out for a while yes, now. Please, well, he also talks about his mental health struggles he had after getting yeah. hurt. Highly recommend people look at Twitter feed to see uh, what he was dealing with. But yeah, that 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 Team USA lost to France in the quarterfinals. They go down to the fifth to eighth classification. 
Then they lost to Serbia in the first round of that. But this they is the beat, FIBA, by the way. FIBA yes, term. this is the FIBA game. But they beat Poland, which got them into the Olympics. Uh, so they're here, and now they have like a legit good team, and and they're in the finals. So Lloyd Pierce could get a gold medal, which would be a cool thing for him before the season starts. But that's not a Pacers game. That's just a Pacers coach. There are Pacers games in two days. Summer League starts in two days. I'm so excited. I love Summer League. It is no expectations basketball, but it actually features NBA players, which is super fun. We'll get to see the Pacers style. We'll get to see some young Pacers players. So let's preview Summer League and some guys to watch out there. But first, let's take a short little break. Talk about the great folks over at Built Bar, because did you know that Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? It is the best tasting protein bars on the market. They're 100% covered in chocolate. Soft and easy to chew protein bars that have a flavor for everyone. Everybody's got their favorite. Adam and I love the peanut butter brownie and the double chocolate, but they have a mixed package that has nine different flavors. And if you haven't tried all of them, you've got to do it in that mixed box. Uh, They all have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. They're all tasty and healthy and the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. I was watching some Olympic speed walking today. It's the craziest sport. I cannot believe how fast those people are without lifting their feet in the air. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So, Adam, before we talk about Summer League, we have to talk about the rules of Summer League. Do you know what the rules of Summer League are? No. What are they? If a player, if a young player on your team is playing very well, that means... They're going to be awesome in their whole career. But if a young player on your favorite team is playing badly, it's just summer league. It doesn't matter. Don't the good rookies not even play summer league? Uh, no, the good rookies play, but usually if they look like they're awesome, their team just pulls them out in like a game. You know what I mean? That happens a lot. Like Zion didn't play, I don't think. He got hurt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I can't even remember the names, but I know a lot of really good. Did Anthony Edwards play? Uh, yes. No, there was no summer league last year. Oh, yeah. I'm done. I'm COVID. Stupid. Yeah, uh, no, okay. a lot of the good players just get yanked immediately. Like there's a chance O'Shea shows up in the first game and and they just three quarters. He's done. So do you. So is Kay Cunningham going to play this year? Yeah, he's on the Pistons okay. team. OK, I do not think he'll be too good to get pulled. He's a rookie. Yeah, but summer league, it's like it's usually second or third college. year guys who that happens to. Right. Summer league is like glorified college, basically. No, it has NBA players. Yeah, that's I mean glorified college. It's like it's like elite. It's like the best players in college, but not quite NBA players. It's like like it's like playing in I don't know like a college all star game in a way, but like besides, for multiple years. So besides my joke at the beginning about takeaways for summer league, there shouldn't be a ton. Like remember how good Chris Dunn was in summer league a few years ago? Let's run through some some uh, some summer league MVP winners if you don't mind. Go Randy ahead. Foy, Nate Robinson, Jared Bayless, Josh Selby, Jonas Valanciunas, Glenn Rice. Kyle Anderson, Josh Hart, Brandon Clark. So there's actually some good players like Blake Griffin, John Wall, Dame, Lonzo. But I, summer league's just not the environment. Like they're they're not. It's not NBA environment. But let's talk about what we can watch in summer league. And the biggest thing for me, head coach Mike Weinart talked to us about you know how they're running this stuff and all that. But to me, the biggest thing beyond anything is you know there's a, I mean Goga might not play TBD. What's up with him? But between Isaiah Jackson, once he joins the team, Amita Brima. O'Shea Brissett, Chris Duarte, Cassius Stanley, potentially Terry Taylor, Dwayne Washington, right? There's like six guys who could end up playing for the Pacers this year. And this is our first time to see how Pacers players from last year's team change into a new system. One and two, we can kind of see what that system is because they've, they've Carlisle's talked about this before and he was with the Mavs and we've kind of heard this with Weinard's like they're not really they're not as 
play Collie as previous Pacers coaching regimes, right? Like Bjorkren and McMillan, they called more plays. These guys, this coaching regime is more read and react and free flowing. So I'm curious to see how that looks, especially in a summer league setting that's already a little more chaotic. Turnovers, right? Yes, there's a lot of turnovers, but I'm curious to see how that looks. I'm curious to see what kind of stylistic changes we see. And I'm curious. I mean, we'll talk about players individually in a second, but I'm just curious to see what players pop and look like they've improved over last year. Yeah, I mean, I with summer league, a lot of it in general is just the competition level and who's hot at, at right at the right moments, right? I mean, it's just like it's they've been practicing for what a week, give or take, like if that eight days, <laughs> yep. eight days, right? So like it's just like to me with summer league, it there's not a ton to glean from it. What is just it's good for the players just to get out there and be playing and, and it helps you know because the thing about most young guys and some of the second year third year guys are, but like most of the draft picks just aren't an NBA shape because like you just don't get them to that playing 80 games. So it's a good way to give them a little bit of head start to be at least like in the, in the lock, you know, in the NBA training regimen and whatnot and get up to like, you know, somewhat an NBA level. But I mean, that's mainly what it's, it's there for. I don't know. And maybe, a, you know, to kind of pick out who are like really the good college, like these play are the good, you know, second, third year players and who's not. Yeah, that's what I think it's mostly for. I don't think it has much to do with being in shape. Well, yeah, I, I think, think, it's for, the, I think for the talent. rookies, it's to get them finally into like the NBA like regimen. I think it's just all talent evaluation, basically. That's why every exec in the league is there, basically. No, no I, I, I mean for the teams in general, like that are playing like the Chris Duarte, right? It's to get him into like the Pacers regimen. I mean, because he this is his first time like listening to a Pacer coach and like understanding how they like op- operate, just kind of gets him into their system to start. I mean, I think for second, third year players, it's all about evaluation for sure. Yeah. So for for he's not playing, but for players. Gogo would have been my number one key guy. Watch this. This is so important for him. I will actually would have had takeaways from Gogo. I've never played in the summer league now, right? He might. Yeah, it depends how it shakes out for him. But yeah, there's a chance he in three years never plays in a summer league. But like maybe expectation is the wrong word, but like Goga should dominate summer league. Like he's good in the NBA at times. He's really tall. He's skilled. Like in a summer league setting, he should be awesome. So I would have expected him. He was on the Pacers announced summer league roster. Uh, he was playing with the Pacers out in California in their mini training camp that Brogdon set up. Another reason, by the way, he probably won't get traded to go back to our first segment. He said that a lot. Uh, I, I would have expected Goga to dominate, but he might not play now. So I, he's a guy that I struggle with, but there's still a lot I want to watch between a couple of guys. So I might just run through them one by one, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Name them off. Okay. O'Shea Brissett is interesting. So he played summer yeah. league for the Clippers uh, going into his first rookie year. He was pretty good, although he had some play finishing troubles, but I think he's really developed uh, in his two years in the NBA. So there's a chance that we talked about these guys earlier. He's one of those just too good for summer league guys that, I mean, there's a chance of the first game. He's just so good that he's done right away, especially because his deal's not guaranteed. He might not want to get hurt, but I would like to see him pop or like be noticeably better. Uh, than other players, especially because right, we've talked about like he should, if he plays as good as he did last year, he'll be in the Pacers rotation this year. And that's not a lock, but you know, if, if the expectation is he's in an NBA team's rotation this coming year, he should be very good at summer league. So, so hoping he can carry that momentum from last year, I'll be watching to see if he is really good. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fair, I mean, we, there, we have some odd expectations from him in the sense that if he like, could he be their closing four? Like that's that's a question it's I kind of have. It's actually right? possible. So like, so like if, if he's playing in summer league, he's got to be like he should be like thoroughly dominant. Wants to be the closing four, four for the Pacers. Now, well, the thing is, like he was really good for the Pacers because he's good on defense and he made a lot of threes. Yeah, he's he never like an off the dribble like force. So 
it, it might be hard for his skill set to dominate summer league, but I still think he should pop. Yeah, we should see his shooting still because if, if his shooting falls off yeah. at all, he becomes a totally like different player, right? And, right. He has to be able basically to be able to be that stretch four that can like basically garner defenses to be any value on offense. Because uh, he doesn't really have much else. I mean, he won't at least have much else value with the starters except his ability to make a three-point shot of 40% rate right at the corner, basically. So Cassius Stanley and Amita Brima could be competing for the last two-way slot. I would say Isaiah Jackson getting drafted means that Cassius has a massive, massive advantage uh, heading into this. And it's possible that another guy pops uh, and, and earns the spot. But uh, those two might be competing for a spot. So seeing how they do, Cassius, right? Finally, some normalcy for him, right? From high school to college during COVID to the NBA to the G League bubble, right? He's just been all over the place, changing coaches, changing teams, changing everything. Finally, this summer, he had a chance to like normally develop as a player. I'll be interested to see how good he looks. Uh, Brima finally played against NBA competition last year. If either of them look really good, that could be good for their future and their abilities to get the Pacers final two-way slot. I think you agree with me that it's more likely to be Cassius, but we'll see in summer league. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume it's him. They seem to like like his potential. They offered him, right? They may, I mean, I know they made a qualifying offer basically because they kind of yep. had to. Uh, that is another reason I think he'll be back in. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't think they want to give up on him yet. I mean, he he has like he was kind of playing. Like, he played some minutes in the NBA. I mean, I don't know if it was a garbage minutes, but like that was. I mean, I guess that was just because they wanted they had that chance of all the injuries and whatnot, but. I assume they like his like athletic potential. Might as well see him for another year. And he's probably the best, better than any other, any other two guy they can, they can probably get at this point. And maybe even another point for something we've talked about this weekend today is like Jay Michael reported they were trying to get him on the court, like in the rotation down the stretch of the season last year when they kind of realized it was a sunk season. That's right. I, I forgot about that. And yeah. they played Keelan instead. So, you know, the, the team or some, some people on the team at least apparently thought the catcher should be playing over Keelan then. Uh, so given their contract situations now, that's even more so. Cassius, uh, if he looks good at all, like if he pops even a little bit, I think he'll lock up a two-way slot here. And the other two-way guy, Dwayne Washington Jr., since that's official now, he's another guy to watch. I mean, he'll just probably shoot a thousand threes in these in these four to five games. So that's another guy I'm watching. But I mean, for him, he's already signed the deal. It's just, for me, it's just kind of identifying what he'll be good at in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, to me, an interesting person is probably Duarte. Yep, we beat her on the bush for too long. Just to see what they have. I mean, Duarte and Jackson, right? Is Jackson going to be able to play? Will the trade be completed? If the trade consummates on day one. And so we talked about this. This is not a marriage, Tony. Completed. (laughs) Completed, not consummates. Completed. No, I like consummates better. Uh, if, if, If the reporting is all correct and the only thing required to finish the trade was the draft rights to Nikola Molotinov. Yeah, the, the go, Nets and Spurs. Go from the Spurs to the Nets. Yeah, then that would satisfy all the conditions for a five-team trade. And that means it could happen April 6th. Bam, Isaiah Jackson is officially a pacer. If so, I'm imagining he'll play in summer league. Okay. Maybe not right away because he's got to practice. But yeah, I imagine he'll so play. So is he not allowed to practice either because he's technically not on the Pacers? No, he's not on the Pacers. He's not that on is, the Pacers. Is, this is, the NBA is a ridiculous. It's very dumb. Sometimes. Well, it... So like, like in a normal year when there's like a week after the draft pre moratorium, like it's a little different. But when it's yeah, it's, it only takes a little longer. Right? It takes two weeks. <laughs> when the draft is is right before the moratorium, it's just so dumb. Like well, the draft, the whole the whole draft trade thing is so stupid. They should just let the players to get traded and put on the hatch of the team they get traded to, and then they can figure it out later. Like, yeah, thank God Isaiah Jackson had to wear a Lakers hat for two seconds on draft night. That was awesome. No, I just think it's just kind of stupid. I mean, it's and, and in terms of it, it could be kind of confusing who's going where. 
I want the listeners to know that my girlfriend in the other room just texted me and said, did you just use the word consummate to describe a basketball player being signed? Yeah, you did. Yes, I did. Margo. Three times. Three times. Completed trade, not signing. But anyway, now she just texted me. Ha ha ha. And all caps. Yeah. Duarte is a big one, right? Like they really believe in him. If they really do think he can be in the rotation next year, like he's got to look pretty good, uh, especially the outside shot. And, and, you know, he's an off ball mover and, their, their point guard rotation is not exactly the strongest thing ever. Like, uh, you know, Kiefer Sykes will probably be their starting one, though. Uh, there is one more guy I want to get to in a second. But, you know, someone's got to set up Duarte. But if he can be as good as he was off ball at Oregon, I think he'll look good. Uh, they, they have a pretty good summer league team. Like, they've got a lot of guys with NBA experience or were first-round picks. But, yeah, Duarte is a guy that, I mean, you have to watch him. Like, if he looks good, that bodes very well for his chance to be in the rotation. It could... I mean, summer league shouldn't change your strategy, but you know, if he's really good, it could make them think even harder about playing him right away. So yeah, he's definitely a guy to watch. And Isaiah Jackson also, like, I, I think Isaiah Jackson's skills will just look good in summer league anyway. But I'm excited to see him anyway. Yeah, um, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the win summer league. They have a good, they have a much better team than last year. That's for sure. Well, that's because they weren't as good, right? When you're not as good, you have a better team because you have better draft picks theoretically. Alize Johnson was easily their best player in summer league two years ago. Well, Alize is great, but. He's, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games. Having two first round picks helps too. And yes, having a, like a bunch of like, okay, 12 through 15 guys on your team, like on the road, like a 12 to 15 best player on your team. It helps too. So Sykes and Taylor, Kyver Sykes, Terry Taylor, both will be on the preseason team. They might play in those preseason games. So they're worth watching a tiny bit because of that. There's two more guys I want to shout out. You might not know them very well, Adam, but. I think they deserve mention here. One is Devin Robinson. He played for the Mad Ants in the G League bubble last year, and he started his career uh, on a two-way deal uh, with the Wizards for two years. So he has two years of NBA experience, actually. Uh, he's super bounty for a 6'8 forward. I think he could look, pr- look pretty good in Summer League, and they clearly like him. So he actually has a chance to like be the last guy on their training camp roster, I think, uh, if he does well in the setting. Uh, and I, I liked him on the Mad Ends. I thought he was one of their better players last season. The other one is Ty Wallace. Uh, he played for the Clippers for two years and then the Hawks for one year. He has three years of NBA experience. He was not in the NBA last year, but uh, he's like actually good. I was pretty surprised with the NBA last year. Like, Ty Wallace averaged 10 points a game in the NBA and started 20 games for the Clippers in 2017-18. Played in the playoffs for the Clippers uh, six to eight minutes a game in 2018-19. Like, He's like an okay NBA player, and he's also on this team. There's a chance that he is actually the lead initiator at point guard for the squad, but he could look really good too and potentially make the make the Pacers training camp squad. So those two guys both have NBA history and are good, uh, and so they are also guys I'm watching. And between those two guys and Washington and the two training camp dudes that already were signed and Cassius and Duarte and Brissett and Brima and Goga, if he can play, the Pacers summer league team might actually be like – Pretty damn good. So I'm looking forward to watching them because they might win some games. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see if they have a shot at that. Well, it's they make competitive summer league. It's been years, right? Now. Yeah. Well, they, they know summer league 2020. Goga didn't play 2019. 2018, they were okay, I believe, there in holiday summer league. They were okay, okay. that year. But yes, mostly struggles. So yeah. they start Sunday at 8 p.m. on NBA TV. Uh, and then they play every other day. I apparently spelled summer league schedule wrong. Oh, no, I didn't type my own handle wrong on Twitter. Uh, they play the 8th at 8 p.m., the 10th at 6 p.m., the 12th at 6 p.m., the 14th at 6 p.m., and then they have a final game depending on their standings or the championship game if they do well 
in those four games. So they play five times uh, in eight days, and I am excited to watch them. And and we'll have some coverage here, though not too much, right? Again, we you don't want to overthink summer league, but remember the rules, Adam. If they're great, they're going to be awesome in the NBA, and if they're terrible, it's just summer league. Yeah, I knew that. That that's a good rule to go by. <laughs> I'm excited to watch summer league. Uh, and again, so Monday we'll know some stuff, right? We'll probably know who's been signed around the league. I mean, if Kawhi makes his decision, free agency could really get rolling, or if the Dragic to the Dallas so, stuff happens. Like Kawhi's decision's already made, right? I mean, what? there's not enough team with space anymore. I actually another theory that could be holding stuff up is the Dragic Kyle Lowry stuff. Like if the Mavs finally use their space to get Dragic from Toronto. Then other stuff could happen too because they're a team operating with space right now. But I don't know what the log jam is. I'm just guessing. But by, yeah, by what Monday, if, wait, what if he what if he doesn't just doesn't doesn't play somewhere next year because he's so hurt he can't play next year anyway? So he just sits out a full season. Why would he do that? He could get paid to sit out a full season. I know. I, I'm just because like the Clippers <laughs> just try to try to call his bluff and not dumb. plan. Very know. dumb. Um, I don't know. Oh, I agree. I'm just I'm just saying like this seems weird. He hasn't signed yet, but I assume it's because he maybe he wants the full max and they don't want to give it to him. I guess. No, they will give him the full max immediately. Um. Well, well, wait, you say immediately, but they haven't. Yet. Well, I'm sure they've offered it. I am. Oh, you I'm, think he hasn't taken it yet? I think he's just chilling. Yeah. Just because so, he's Kawhi Leonard and he does that. Because he's Kawhi Leonard and he does that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but okay. I think All by right. Monday, we'll see some of the, because the full details will trickle in, we'll have some free agency stuff to cover, as well as we'll know the Keelan decision, whatever is made on Saturday. So there'll be some free agency stuff to break down, as well as the trickle down effects from that for the Pacers. We'll have a summer league game to talk about. So actual big time news coming up monday so come back next week for that hope you guys had a fun week following along in free agency i hope all of your wildest dreams were accomplished by the pacers we'd like to break everything down on monday have a great weekend i'll see you then